0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It
1: is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. And we're especially delighted to have those who may be watching today for the very first time. And I'd encourage you to stay tuned. We have those who let us know that uh, they watch every time we come on the air, and we appreciate your watching as well. Now, today on our telecast, we're going to discuss this subject, If Jesus Had Come Down. I hope that you'll stay tuned for that subject. Now, today on our telecast, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. I'd like to emphasize that it is free There's no cost to you for the Bible course. We want to make it available so that you can learn more about the Word of God. We have thousands of people all over the world that are studying this Bible course. We'd like for you to have it as well. Now, I want to emphasize, it is free. We're not asking for money. We're not asking for a donation. You're not going to receive a bill. This is free. This is free and anything we offer on getting to know your Bible is without cost. Any Bible course, any CDs that we offer, they're absolutely free. We want to make this course available to you so you can learn more about the Bible. Now that you might learn more about the course, that you might know how to receive it, let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational, It's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I'm reading now from Matthew, the 27th chapter, beginning at verse 39 and reading through verse 42. They that, and they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others. Himself He cannot save. If He be the King of Israel, let Him come down from the cross and we will believe Him. Today we come to the place called Calvary. That the place where one man died that all men might live. The place where one man suffered that no one would have to suffer. We come to Calvary, the place where one man was disgraced before the world, that all the world might be saved by grace. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ is the most important event in all of human history. When Jesus cried out and He said, It is finished, that marked the completion of of a long series of events that had taken place according to the divine guidance of God. When Jesus Christ died upon that cross, this is the only time in all of human history that the Godhead was separated. While on that cross, Jesus said, Why hast thou forsaken me? Here He was, the Son of God forsaken by God, forsaken by man. This is the only time in all of human history that a member of the Godhead died. Not God the Father, not the Holy Spirit, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died upon that cross. And this is the only time in all of human history that someone died, was buried, was raised from the dead, never to die again. Yes, Jesus Christ died upon that cross. I want you to try to picture Jesus on that cross. Verse 36 in Matthew 27 says, And sitting down they watched him there. Can't you just try to in your mind see people sitting down on the ground and they're looking up at the cross of Jesus? Jesus. And there he hangs with a crown of thorns on his head with a sign above his head saying this is the king of the Jews. And there are nails that have been driven into his hands and into his feet. There the Son of God is hanging upon that old rugged cross. And there are those that come by and they're just shaking their heads and looking at him. And they taunt him by saying, if you really are the Son of God, you really are, come down from the cross. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. Well, he could have. He could have called on more than 6,000 legions of angels to deliver him. That would have been more than 72,000 angels. But he did not. But just suppose Jesus had. Just suppose Jesus had come down from that cross. What would the consequences be for us? Well, in the first place, if Jesus had come down from that cross, he would have thwarted the eternal plan of God to save the world. When Jesus Christ died, he did not die the death of a martyr, but it was according to the eternal purpose of God Almighty. It was according to the the counsel of God and the foreknowledge of God, Acts chapter 2 and verse 23. In Revelation 13, 8, Jesus is referred to as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And indeed He was. He, it was planned in, in God's plan, His eternal plan, that Jesus Christ would die upon the cross of Calvary for the sins of the whole world. And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. He was sent into the world. Jesus was sent into the world. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The purpose of Christ coming into the world was to save sinners. And Paul said, I was the chief of sinners. I was the leader of the band. But the point I want us to see that it was in God's plan that Jesus came into the world. And God sent him into the world. In John 4, 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. He was sent into the world. In John 6 and 38, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. Uh, so he came into the world to, to, to carry out the plan of God for the redemption of the world. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. Jesus Christ came into the world. He divested Himself of the glories of heaven. He was in heaven on an equality with God, according to Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. But He emptied Himself in the form of a servant. He took upon Himself the fashion of a man, and He came, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why did He do that? It was an order that the world might be saved. And this was all a part of God's plan, his eternal plan. They look in Ephesians the third chapter, verses ten and eleven, to the intent now that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. When Jesus died upon that cross, everything was going according to schedule. God's plan was in place. Actually, that plan began to unfold shortly after the creation of the world. In Genesis, the third chapter, in verse 15, God said, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, Between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. This was God's formal declaration of war on sin. And it would be through the seed of woman without the seed of man being involved that God through the seed of woman would deal with the devil and overcome sin in the lives of people. And so in Genesis chapter 3, that plan begins to unfold. Then in the 12th chapter of Genesis, God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to bless all nations through his seed. And then in we come into the book of Isaiah chapter 7 in verse 14, some 700 or more years before Jesus lived. The Bible says, "...and the virgin shall conceive and bear a son." And thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. The word Emmanuel means God with us. That was a prophecy about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah the ninth chapter and verse six, the Bible says, "Unto us a child is born." There's not anything unusual about that. That happens every day. But then he says, "Unto us a son is given." Now he is predicting the sex of the child that shall be born. And then he says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He will be a ruler. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The prophecy of Isaiah chapter 9 can refer to none other than the Son of the living God. Again, God's plan is beginning to unfold in prophecy. In Isaiah the 53rd chapter, Isaiah said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form to comeliness, and when we see Him there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from Him. He was despised, and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. That's a prediction about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. Again in prophecy, God's plan is beginning to unfold. Don't you see that if Jesus had come down from that cross, he would have aborted the eternal plan of God to become a sacrifice for the sins of the whole human race. But we are reminded in Hebrews 2 verse 9 that thank God he tasted of death for every man. But if Jesus had come down from that cross, not only would he have aborted God's plan to save the world, that the Old Testament law that had been given to the Jewish people would still be binding upon those to whom it was given. And there was a purpose for it to be given. That purpose is stated in Galatians 3, verse 19, Wherefore then serve the law. It was added because of transgression till something would happen. Till what would happen? Till the seed should come. Now the law was given till the seed should come. Well, my question is, if the law was going to last till the seed should come, has the seed come? You remember back in Genesis 3.15, God promised to save the world through the seed of woman. And He made a promise to Abraham, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. I bless all nations through your seed. Through your seed. And now the statement is being made that the law of Moses was given till or until the seed should come. And the seed is identified in Galatians 3.16 as being Jesus Christ. He's the seed. He's the seed of Abraham. And the law was given to restrain the Jews from sin in order to keep the bloodline pure through which Jesus Christ would come into the world. To restrain them from sin. It was added because of transgression until the seed should come. In verse 24, we're told that the law was a schoolmaster. What what, what was its purpose? To bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. And therefore, in verse 26 says that we are children of God by faith in Christ. But he said the law was going to last until Christ would come that we might be justified by faith. But now we're justified by faith in Christ, Galatians 3, 26, Romans 5 and verse 1. Therefore, logically, we are not living under that law today. It served its purpose in bringing us to Christ. When Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, Jesus died to abrogate that law. Listen to Paul in Colossians, the second chapter, and verse 14 blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us, which was contrary to us, taking it out of the way, and nailing it to his cross. When Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, he nailed it to the cross. Now let's continue to read in verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ." While those things under the Mosaic law were merely shadows of things to come, but now the substance, the real deal, is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. But my friend, if Jesus Christ had come down from the cross, that law would still be binding on the people to whom it was given originally. And Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 teach that it was given to the Jewish people. But if Jesus had come down we wouldn't have very much good news today. As a matter of fact, there would be no good news. There would be no gospel to preach. Jesus gave the order when he said, Go preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. We're to preach the gospel. The gospel saves. And Paul talked about the facts of the gospel in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. They being the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ as found in verses 3 and 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And the gospel is to be obeyed. But in Romans 10 and 16 Paul said, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. There may be reasons that all people have not obeyed the gospel and one reason being they may not have had the gospel explained to them. They have not learned about the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Paul preached the gospel, the facts about the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ, but those are merely facts. And we obey a likeness of those facts when we die to sin, when we're buried with Christ in baptism, and when we're raised to walk in the newness of life. But if Jesus had come down from that cross... Baptism would have no meaning. You see, in Romans 6, verses 3 and 4, we're told that we're baptized into Christ, baptized into His death. That is, into the benefits of His death. It was in dying that Jesus shed His blood on Calvary. Hence, when we're baptized into Christ, baptized into His death, by faith, we come in contact with His blood that washes away our sins. Revelation 1, 5 says, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. But when does that blood wash away sin? Acts 22, 16. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord. So Jesus Christ did not come down from that cross. He died upon that cross. He was buried in a tomb. He was raised from the dead by the power of God and when we obey a a likeness of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ by dying to sin, being buried in a watery grave in baptism, we rise to walk in the newness of life. But if He had come down from the cross, all of that would have no meaning. As a matter of fact, the Lord's Supper would be meaningless if He had come down from that cross. On the Lord's day, every Lord's day when God's people assemble, They gather around the Lord's table to commemorate His death and His suffering. Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. Well, What are we remembering? We're remembering His death. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 26, Paul said, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till He comes. And so we're showing forth His death. But if He had come down from the cross, there would be no meaning to that whatsoever. But thank God, thank God, Jesus did not come down. But if He had come down from the cross, there would be no church. There would be no such thing as the church. Every ounce of blood that Jesus shed on that cross was shed to purchase the church. Acts 20 28. He purchased it with his own blood. So don't you see, if he'd it, if come down from the cross, there wouldn't be a church. We learn in Ephesians five twenty five that he loved the church and and he gave himself for it. Him. You know, some people think that the church existed prior to Jesus' death on the cross. Now, there are those that are really uh, staunch proponents of that idea that the church existed before Jesus Christ ever died on the cross of Calvary. So some insist it existed during the lifetime and ministry of John the Baptist. But but if the church of the New Testament existed prior to Jesus death on that cross. It was a body, it was a church without a head. Because according to Ephesians the first chapter verses 19 through 23 Jesus Christ was not exalted to the as the head of the body of Christ which is the church until after his resurrection from the dead. If the church existed prior to Jesus' death on the cross, it was a body, that is the church, without any blood in it. Without any blood. Because Jesus purchased the church with His blood. And if the church existed prior to the death of Jesus on the cross, it was a church that had no message to preach, Because the gospel that is to be preached by the church consists of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all things that pertain thereto. The fact of the matter is the church of the New Testament began on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts. It was Sunday the day the church began, the first day of the week. And it was upon that occasion that the apostle Peter preached the first recorded gospel sermon under the Great Commission, or the Worldwide Commission. He preached about Jesus on that occasion. He preached about His life. He preached about His death. He preached about His resurrection. And He drove home the point that the people that were gathered there had crucified the Son of God. And He was made Lord in Christ. And then when the people heard that, they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And that's when Peter gave them the answer to repent and to be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 Someone says, now wait a minute, Brother Lambert, I, I, I'm following you so far, but it, it sounds like you're trying to say that Repentance and baptism are essential for a person receiving remission of sins. No, I did not say that. That's what Peter said. When the people asked, what shall we do? They've been pricked in their hearts knowing they crucified Jesus. And they said, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We're not baptized because we're already saved. We're baptized unto or for the purpose of our sins sins being forgiven. Jesus Christ died upon that cross. Thank God He did not come down. And the church for which He died on that cross began on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. But have you ever thought about it? If Jesus had come down from that cross, we would have no hope of heaven. According to Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51, when Jesus died on that cross, the veil was rent in the temple from the top to the bottom, signifying that the way into the most holy place, that is, into heaven, had been opened for all mankind. According to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 19 and 20, he made, he opened up a new and a living way that all men might have access to heaven above. Of course, the men have access to heaven above, they must do what God tells them to do. Matthew 7 and 21 says, Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So we have to do what God tells us to do. Would you be willing to do that today? Thank God Jesus did not come down. He, can't, he stayed on that cross. He died for you. He died for me. And may we give our lives to Him in an humble uh, submission and obedience to His will. In the closing moments, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, won't you pick up the telephone? And won't you call the number you see on the screen? We have operators standing by to get your telephone number, your address, your name, in order that we might send you the free Bible correspondence course. Learn more about Jesus. I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you, is my prayer.